you need to have a mission that's outside of just your work, but helping people outside. And if champions could be a part of that, and we could really impact the world together, things like that, partnerships with World Vision, partnerships in different ways, that's what we're really looking for. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to The Mike Thacker Show, where we talk about people, profit, and purpose. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in to this week's episode of The Mike Thacker Show, where we talk about people, profit, and purpose. If you've been following the show or you're subscribed, thank you indeed. If you're not, hit that subscribe button and ping the little notification bell as well. That way, your device will tell you when new episodes drop. If you've left us reviews, we appreciate it. If you haven't, hey, anytime would be awesome. Look, we got a we got an awesome episode today. Linda and I have been part of the Lakewood Church family for a number of years. And one of the folks who's on the leadership team there is a gentleman by the name of Craig Johnson. And Craig has started, grown, and built a special needs ministry that now encompasses, I think, about 80 different locations around the world, every continent except for Antarctica. And even if you're not interested in the nonprofit angle of it, you know, he's built something, he's scaled something very translatable to small businesses and entrepreneur um, folks out there. So I think you're going to enjoy the conversation. I hope you enjoy the conversation and uh, we'll be back with you uh, after we talk to Craig. Okay, so five rapid fire questions just to help the folks yeah, get to know sure, you. Yeah. Here we go. Number one, what's your favorite food? Favorite food is Asian and probably Vietnamese. I love chicken pho. Okay, number two, what's your favorite book that you've read? I was going to say this year, but we'll just go in the past year. I love devotionals. So I read about 10 devotionals every day. So uh, my favorite one this year is Craig Groeschel's uh, Daily Power. Okay, Craig Groeschel, Daily Power, Live Church. If you don't know who Craig Groeschel is, uh, he's the pastor over there. Number three, favorite movie ever. Yeah, uh, this is going to be a macho thing, but The Godfather. <laughs> but I don't like it because, uh, you know, the mafia and stuff like that. I like it because it tells a story of a family that screwed up. And I realize that any family out there, we all got our issues. Right. Right. So, <laughs> we do. so it's, a, it's captivating, though. We can go with that. Number four, favorite thing to do? Uh, favorite thing to do is any vacation with my family, but the vacation we do every year is we go to Disney. And number five, what's the best piece of advice anybody has ever given to you? Yeah, it was my grandfather. He said, Craig, finish well, but... And most of all, leave it better than you found it. Awesome. Okay, so we're in the studio today with Craig Johnson. Craig runs something called Champions Club out of Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas. And Craig's story is available for you to read. He's got a book out called Champion. You can read all about his story there. Sure, you can find lots of different things online as well. So we're not going to go into too much detail about the backstory, but I am going to give Craig the floor for about 60 seconds or so, so that he can tell us his story about what he's got going on and, uh, and then we're going to go from there. Yeah. So uh, I have a beautiful wife, Samantha, and we have three kids. We had two early on. And when they were 12 and 10, we got a surprise. And it was our son, Connor. And Connor was just like our other two kids, pretty typical, would talk to us, interact with us, play with other uh, kids. But at about two years of age, everything shifted. And where he would give us a hug, now he showed no emotion whatsoever. Where he would play with other friends, now he played by himself. Where he would say, I love you, he stopped talking altogether. Obviously, that was a huge shift in our lives. But through his life and through that journey and through the challenges, a miracle took place where he said his first words at five years of age. And it was actually the declaration that we speak every week at Lakewood Church. It was a miracle. 
And that kind of propelled us to where we are now. So I'm glad you mentioned that. So we've been chewing the fire in the studio here for a little while. And that was one of the things I wanted to bring up because when I read the book, it really, really impressed me and stood out. So if, if you're not familiar with Pastor Joel uh, or you've never been to Lakewood, um, something he'll do every single week is there'll be a, a declaration, kind of like just a confession of faith of, of you know, what we're believing or what we're kind of proclaiming out there. And it's repetitive. And actually, if you listen to Living the Beautiful, I think it's called, Lakewood released a music CD a couple of years ago. You can find it on Spotify. Living the Wonderful. Living the Wonderful, okay. In the middle of that CD, you will hear um, Pastor Joel actually pray um, one of those prayers and you can hear it for yourself. So you can find it on Spotify. You can hear it. It really impressed me in the book that after not speaking for so long, he recited the whole thing, right? Word yeah. perfect from start to finish. Yeah, it, it was actually dramatic, you know, even leading up to it. I was driving to work and uh, it was probably the most intimate conversation I ever had with God. And we were really hurting. He, he was struggling. He was having uh, a lot of meltdowns and, and a lot of struggles. And I just asked God why. And God just spoke to me. He said, Craig, your child is not a burden. Your child's a gift. And I said, God, I know we love our child, but he's struggling so much. And he said, again, Craig, your child's not a burden. Your child's a gift. He said, you're looking at everything that's wrong with him. You're not looking at everything that's right. And I just, I said, God, what do you mean? And he said, I'm going to use your son to reach millions of people. And I got to tell you, at that time, even as a man of faith, I didn't believe it. You know, and I remember picking up a ball of water. I said, God, my son can't even ask for a drink of water. How's he going to reach millions of people? And then, you know, God spoke to me four words, and these are the four words he'll speak to you whenever you're in the desert, whenever you're building that business, and, man, you're hitting that wall, and you can't get past it, you know. And he just said, do you trust me? And I just told him, I said, you're all we've got. There is no cure for autism. Right. But I trust you. And then, so I thought things were going to get better. They actually got worse. <laughs> but, you know, this is the trusting time, right? Yeah. About three months later, my wife came calling from upstairs and she said, Craig, Craig, get up here. And I run upstairs and I said, what is She's crying. She says, Craig, I was putting Karn to bed. I was reading him a couple books. And all of a sudden he began to speak and he began to say one word after another word, one sentence after another sentence. You got to realize I haven't heard my son put together two words in three mm -hmm. years. Right. And I said, what do he say? And so she walked me over his bed and she leaned over the bed and she said, Connor, say it for mommy and daddy. Say it again. And my little five-year-old boy just looked up at us and all of a sudden he began speaking. said, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. And he said the whole declaration, which was unbelievable. And we found out later, I bring CDs of the messages home. We didn't know. He was taking them up to his room, putting them in the DVD player. Wow. And while he played with toys, he would listen to these messages over and wow. over. It didn't matter if the message changed because that declaration was at the beginning of it. Yeah. But make no mistake, the fact that he said that as his first words, that was a miracle. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So I don't know if you remember talking to Linda here, but what's the first time we heard that declaration? This is my Bible. Uh-huh. I don't know. I'm testing you right now. You are. So we studied theology, right, at Bible college? Oh, yeah. Do you remember a guy called Chris? I think it was Chris. Oh, my word, yes. And so there was this kid down the hallway. I think he was called Chris Clark. Clark. He was down our hallway, actually. We lived in the dorm for the first year. And I remember he used to have, like, John Osteen stuff playing in his room. And so he got up to speak, and, and the declaration is what he started with. Of course, at the time, we didn't know where it was from. 
Um, but I remember that because the first time we ever stepped foot in Lakewood and we heard it, it was like, hang on a second. Wait, they're copying <laughs> up, Chris. Right, right. <laughs> those Americans have stolen it from that English Bible student, you know, all those years ago. What is going on? So anyway, interesting nugget of information there from the past. But um, all right, so we've, we've got a special needs child and you've realized that God obviously has got something up his sleeve here because he's a little sneaky like that and uh, doesn't like to share all the information up front with us and kind of lets us, you know, grow with it. So, so at some point you decide, hey, we could do something here to help, you know, other people dealing with the same thing. Yeah. Tell us about that. It was kind of like that same conversation in the car. You know, I was walking in Lakewood Church and I just felt like God just stopped me. He said, look what, what you're doing for typical kids. He said, it looks like Disneyland. And he said, but look at what you're doing for special needs kids. At the time, we weren't doing very much. You know, we were helping 10 families, but we weren't really doing a program like the other kids got. And God just spoke to me and said, Craig, these kids deserve the very best, just like every other child. He said, when you look in these kids' eyes, he said, who you're looking at is you're looking at me. Because when you do in the least of these, you do it unto me. He said, favor will follow you and your church when you begin to reach out to these kids and families. So I didn't really know what to do. I wasn't an expert in this area, but I knew how to pull together a task force and try to find experts in that area. And I went to the University of Texas Medical Center, and I'd heard about these two doctors that were doing some of the top research on autism and different types of special needs. And it came over one of the local channels. And so I just boldly went and talked to them, said I was from Lakewood. We're wanting to develop this this program, this, these developmental centers, and would you help us? To my surprise, they were very open because they hadn't heard anything like it, you know, uh, to happen in a church and in other areas. Then we went to one of the top educators in the area, and really the same thing. He responded amazingly and really came along our side. And then we found you know, really the most important special needs moms and dads because they are living it. They're working through issues every day. And then we pulled together some of our team. And for an entire year, we worked on what would become the Champions Club. And it's a holistic approach, mind, body, soul, and spirit. That's why there's four stations. Right. So there's a physical therapy station, a sensory station, an educational station, and a spirit station. And if we're doing it in a public school or public organization, we switch out the spirit station for a creative station. And so we launched at Lakewood probably about six months later. And of course, I went to Pastor Joel and I said, this is what I want to do. And, you know, we had everything laid out. We, we already had the plans and really how we were going to do it. And he didn't hesitate. He said, yes, is the very heart of God. And when we launched it, we didn't know how many families would come, but over 300 families came in the first six months just for the Champions Club. That's why I always say to people, sometimes in business or in, in, in your walk, in your spirit, we're in church, we're all fishing from the same ponds. Yeah. And there's this pond over here nobody's fishing in. Right. And, and they're, they're dying to be a part <laughs> and get help. And if you just fish in this pond, it'd be amazing to see what would take place. No, that's incredible. And, you know, I always think about, like James talks about this, right? You know, you look at the authors, look at the widows. Look, there's a very practical aspect to spirituality or, you know, Christianity that is often missed because we just think that it's, it's the worship, it's the preaching, it's the, it's the spiritual stuff. But there's so much more to following our faith than, than just that, you know, li living out that real life, finding ways to help real people in real situations that don't make sense. And we don't necessarily have a solution, but we do the best we can. And, you know, we leave the rest to kind of God. So, well, what did Jesus do? 
Jesus didn't have a choir, right. a, a, a music team, a <laughs> children's department. He walked around meeting needs and telling parables, simple stories. And, you know, I told a ACC conference in Australia, and I mean, all these mega church pastors in there, but the truth of the matter is, is that most of the pastors that were in there, 95% of them were pastoring a church of 100 right. to 200. And and they're trying to be like, you know, these leaders or have the best worship team and stuff like that. And I think you need to go after excellence. Right. It's very important. But I told them, I said, if you'll go out and find, just look in your community and find the three top needs in your community and begin to meet those needs. I said, I'll guarantee your church will grow because that's how Jesus did it. He began to meet needs. Yeah. People followed him. Yeah, the everyday Every day, day to day. Yeah. All right. So we've got so we've got Champions Club, obviously at Lakewood. We've scaled this thing a little bit now, and and there's about eighty of them around the world, and um, I guess they range in different kinds of places. Yeah. So. So you want to tell us about um, what does a Champions Club look like in the poorest place that you have one? Yeah. So Champions Clubs now are in public schools, orphanages, daycare centers. Uh, we're about to put one in a hospital, but the one that you know, if you looked at it and, and said, where would you want to start? our Champions Club. And I looked at the poorest country in the world, which is Malawi. And actually one of our team members, Dr. Sandy Robinson, she was going to a church uh, in Southern California and they had launched a Champions Club. And she connected with Passion Center for Children who had an orphanage there, who had a ministry there. And uh, they began to put together a team of professionals and they launched the first uh, Champions Club there in Malawi. They partnered with Lakewood to do it. And in the first, I guess, you know, four months, over 60 families that would never get help, uh, the kids started to be developed and helped. Um, one little girl, her name was Ethel. She had uh, she had really bad cerebral palsy. And uh, they began to work with Ethel and begin to work her muscles and in, in the physical area. And then obviously, obviously with the sensory and with the, with the spiritual. Well, what's cool is Ethel took her first steps at the Champions Club. Wow. But here's the even cooler thing. Her entire family came to Christ because of it. And so when we launched in Malawi, we had a bigger vision, not just to help the kids in Malawi, but hopefully we could put together a model where most kids with special needs by the large organizations that do sponsorship, um, most of them are not being sponsored. Uh, they're being helped, but they're not being sponsored because they're not being developed like the other kids. And so we want to develop a model where not only their physical needs, uh, not only their spiritual needs were being developed, but the educational and, and where they're really being developed like the other kids. And so we begin to put together that model there at, at Passion Center. And now there are 60 kids um, being sponsored. What's cool is now World Vision is talking to us about partnering together in doing this across the world. Right. So so you've got a you've got a model that works. You've obviously figured out how to deliver this in a, a very packetable manner to other folks so they can take it and run with it. What does it what does it cost to start a champions club? Like what what do I need or what what's involved in that? If I'm listening and I'm thinking, hey, you know what? I, this is something I need to do in, in my neighborhood or with my family if I've got a special needs child. Yeah. Well, you can start champions club for as little as five hundred dollars. And we could tell you how to do it. Now, you may not get the same equipment that you would get in a more elaborate Champions Club. We're going to tell you what to buy at Walmart and then with the curriculum, the training, as well as the model. So what Champions Club has become just basically because we've kind of walked through this and tried to provide solutions. So when pastors would come to us or let's say organizations would come to us and they would give us reasons why they couldn't, 
we would provide solutions to those questions or those reasons why they couldn't. And slowly but surely, we begin to develop one of the first Christian curriculums in history for special needs. It's behavioral. Uh, we developed the model. We developed the training. And then we've also developed the equipment and working with that all together. And now uh, it's a plug and play model that any church can do and work with. So you can start with as low as $500 or you can make them as elaborate as you want. Wow. And here in Houston, obviously, there's one in, in Lakewood. A few others in Texas? Yeah, there are a few others in Texas. There's some in Dallas. There's some in Victoria. There's others right here in Houston in the surrounding area. And they're popping up everywhere. They're all throughout Africa, Europe now. We're just really launching into there, but really all around the world. And that's what makes Champions Club so unique. It's duplicatable. Right. So it's really easy to duplicate. And then if somebody's helping you from the beginning to launch, there's really no reason why you shouldn't. So, Craig, what's been your biggest opposition? Well, I, I think the biggest thing is there's a huge stigma around special needs. If you go to a third world country, kids can be killed for having special needs. Uh, mostly they're hidden. And in America, families have become what's called shut in. So many families don't get out. Uh, they've been rejected in some way. And it's mostly because of a couple of reasons. One, for instance, churches, they just don't know how to respond. And number two, I would say less than 1% of churches in America have anything for special needs. Yet since the early 80s, autism has grown over 300%. So one in 110 kids 10 years ago were being diagnosed with autism. Now it's one in 48. So it's an epidemic. And schools will tell you they're failing two areas, at-risk kids and special needs, because there's too many now in the classrooms. Great teachers, but you can't can't develop them on a one to eight ratio. What we've seen, you know, within this is that the stigma has been around for so long. It's like with anything, breaking that stigma, you've got to show them what they can be, not just about care, but how we can point them to their destiny and help them navigate how to get there. And so we really focus on developing their talents, their gifts. And something remember with special needs children and teens and adults, we underestimate them. Just kind of like how we underestimate God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we underestimate these kids. Just two quick stories. I remember developing creatively. We wanted to do at Lakewood a full a Broadway production of Beauty and the Beast starring special needs children. And when we do things, we don't give them the scraps. If we're going to do something around special needs, they're going to get the very best. That's what Champions Club is. It's the very best. Right. What we have in Champions Club is you're not going to find in a lot of really developed middle areas in the best cities. And so with these kids, I pulled together a team. I said, hey, we're going to go to Hobby Center and we're going to get their team to work with us. We're going to get sets. We're going to get costumes, you know, the full set. And then we pulled the directors in. I remember the director saying to me, Pastor Craig, I'm not sure if these kids can learn these lines. You know, I mean, this is this, this is not easy. And so I said, just give them a chance. Just work with them. Within two weeks, they had the lines learned. Incredible. And not only that, it was so cool. We had what were called, they were kind of helpers and they walk with them on stage. We had this one young man and he was Lumiere. And so he, had, he was on the middle of the spectrum with autism. So he would come out and he would nail his, his lines. He'd nail his part. Then he would go backstage, put on his headphones and pace back and forth, you know, because he was settling himself down to go back out there. Chip, he was a child with spina bifida uh, that was in a wheelchair. So we built the, the cup around him, you know, as he went out there. But 
these kids put on production that I think could have went into any place. As a matter of fact, at Lakewood, Pastor Joel featured them on the weekend, and 10,000 people came to this Broadway production. Oh, my way. They walked out of it and said, that, was, that wasn't just a cute production. That was an amazing production. But most of all, that was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And so we underestimate these kids and what they can do. And that's really what Champions is about. It's about helping them see their gifts. And even if kids don't have gifts and talents, here's the deal. Every child with special needs has spiritual gifts. <laughs> Every child. And that's what you, you got to remember. I remember Connor. I was took him out. And I'm sitting at dinner with him. I said, Connor, what do you want to be when you grow up? And what you got to remember with Connor, Connor speaks fluently, but to have a conversation, if you can have a conversation with your son or daughter, that would be pretty normal for you. For me, it would be a miracle to have just back and forth. But I remember sitting there with him and I said, Connor, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was thinking he was going to say, oh, I want to be a singer. Or I want to be this or I want to be that. And without hesitation, he looks at at me and he says, grateful. Wow. Why don't you think about that for a minute? Yeah. I knew I was sitting in a profound moment. Adults don't say that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. You're certainly not going to get a 12-year-old at that time to say that. Grateful. Wow. And God's glory can shine down on these kids because they don't deal with pride. and They don't deal with things that we deal with. And, and it's just amazing to see that happen if you give them the opportunity. So obviously Champions Club is an organization you run from Houston. We've got lots of Champions Clubs all over the place. They're all independent, kind of self-standing Champions Clubs. So what does that look like from like an operational perspective? Do you give direction? Do you just continually create new materials and they receive it? Or how does that work? We really provide resources. I mean, that's the big thing that we do both out of the foundation and then as a ministry at Lakewood Church. So the foundation is separate. And it's it's separate 501c3. And then I'm employed at Lakewood and me of our team uh, serves at Lakewood. So we kind of do dual roles. We've developed a leadership team. Most of it is volunteer. There's a very small staff. So we have a leadership team. There are regional directors all across the world. They serve the Champions Clubs in their, their areas, support them and work with them. And then we work with each church organization individually within that region. So let's say somebody from California says they're interested in launching Champions Club. We're going to connect them with that regional director. They're going to walk them through it, uh, through the same things that we would do it nationally. Structurally, where we're at right now, the need has become so great, we can't meet all the needs because right. uh, most of the money that's raised is raised within when we go out and help raise the funds. But we want to build resources within Champions Foundation so we can help the most needy. Okay, so if somebody is listening and wondering, well, what do you need right now? What do you need? Well, if I was dreaming, our goal is to impact 1 million families. And it would take a period of time where over the next 10 years, we could impact that many families and touch them. But the truth of the matter is, if we can get partnerships, partnerships that could come along our side, we're better together. And if I got partnerships and, you know, I, I've even talked to, you know, businesses and said, you know, you need to have a mission that's outside of just your work, but helping people outside. And if champions could be a part of that and we could really impact the world together, things like that, partnerships with World Vision, partnerships in different ways. That's what we're really looking for. No, that's great. And so I guess as far as what's next, you know, with what you're doing here, I guess just just more of the same. Is there, is there a, you know, a different branch or some other thing that you're going to try that's new? Yeah. So we've just launched some 
pretty innovative things. We've launched a platform for families. And so every day they can get devotionals. They can get different segments for marriage, finances, talk to the doc, which deals with IEPs and different things that families go through. We have small groups. So every day there's a different segment on there. It's really come alongside these parents. So let's say it's a, a parent they're in England. There's no Champions Club around. They can go online every day and get the hope and help that they need. Then we have a training platform now that we don't even have to go to you. Now you can be a part of the subscription. And if your small church is a very low subscription or small organization, and then based on your size, and we will train you in any aspect of special needs ministry or how to develop a special needs program. We've developed that model, you know, to see kids get sponsored. And that's a big thing that we're going to look to in the future and seeing the poorest of the poor get the help that they need when they've been rejected and they're considered a curse upon the family. So we're, we're developing a new public school curriculum. And so that's going to become out pretty soon, uh, probably about four months. And so we just keep on producing resources. Now, now, a lot of people ask me, how do you find time? It's really, you know, when you don't have a full-time staff or you don't even have really a part-time staff, you know, where you're doing dual roles, um, it's really about building those relationships, those right. partnerships and getting people to come alongside of you. And that's what we've been able to do. And it's amazing at what's happened. I was thinking as you were talking and, um, yeah, what would you say to an organization that says, well, it sounds great, but we've only got this one child with special needs, so not sure we can really make that work. Yeah, I, I would say you only have that one child because they don't know that there are resources there in that community to help uh, their children, their families. So that one child is very important, though, because that child, I, I always say, his passion is more powerful when you put a name and face to it. And so Connor at Lakewood became the story, you know, and people will follow that more than trying to throw something big like special needs out there. That's overwhelming. But I can go to the ends of the earth for Connor. Right. Yeah. Because of his life being changed. Now Connor's impacting people all over the world. And and so I would say that one child is going to be your story. That's going to be the journey. But we teach the organizations when you begin to reach out and you launch a Champions Club and you begin to reach out to community, the average Champions Club grows no less than five families and as many as like at Lakewood, 300. So the average is probably five to 25 families and it helps a lot of families. And so if you got one, if you've got none, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I would say start something. My dream is just like there's divorce care in churches or organizations, uh, different types of programs. I want to see a Champions Club in every church, every organization around the world. Why? So we talked a little bit about the book, Champion. Um, and really, I'm not saying this because you're in the room. When I read this book, I said right away that it changed my life. And I highly recommend it. And I would say, don't think, well, I don't have a special needs child or I don't have a special needs ministry. As much as that's what the book is about, it's really not what the book is about. It's a story of perseverance. It's a story of hope and about God's love and just how he perseveres with us. And I, I just really felt like I had learned so much from this book. And I was just telling Craig earlier before we started recording, I don't know if I finished telling you, but I wish I'd had enough time to read it again before today. The time span between knowing you were coming 
um, I didn't get a chance, but now I'm going to think I'm going to read it again because I remember thinking, wow, that book really changed my life. And now I just have a vague, like, well, I know why, but I, I really want to remind myself. So I do highly recommend this book. I am saying it because it impacted my life. Well, here's what we'll do. Listen, go ahead. If you haven't already, uh, sign up at MikeThacker.com uh, for our email newsletters. And we're going to give away five copies of the book. So we're going to just pick some people at random. Or if that's too difficult for you, you can just go ahead and, uh, you know, make a comment on the social feed. And we'll look there too. But we'll just pick five folks at random. So whether you're the first name on the list or the 10th name on the list, you're still in with it, you know, as a chance to You can comment, win. I want my life changed. <laughs> <laughs> so Craig, when we when we wrap up here, there's a couple of things we always like to do to keep it consistent and help folks who are listening. So we always like to bottom line this. If you were going to give three pieces of advice to somebody starting something and trying to scale something or build something, what are the three things that stand out the most that you've learned in your journey that would translate well to someone listening to this show? I would say the first thing is the goal is never more important than the person. I see many leaders jumping over their team and to you know reach the people. And of course, you know, that's whether it's a product being sold or whether you're you're ministering to people, whatever it is. But I found this. Uh, I've seen when you invest in people, when you build people, God will build you. And and when you care about what they care about, you've heard that, you know, that saying before, they'll care about what you care about. And I think the goal is never more important than the person because the person helps you reach the goal. And so that'd be, that would be the first thing. Something that my grandfather always said to me, he said, leave it better than you found it. And that's been something that stayed with me because I see many people start things, but they don't finish well. Right. And they don't finish things. And uh, I think uh, finishing well is something that's so important. And I think of Nehemiah and, you know, rebuilding the walls and stuff like that. You know, Nehemiah saw his beloved city just demolished. But one thing he was going to do, he was going to leave it better than he found it. And that's what he did. And and here's the reason why it would be for the third thing is that it's not about you and right now. It's about all those people that will follow behind you. And if you're not building somebody up, if you're not showing them and giving them your knowledge, you're leaving uh, generations bankrupt with what God had given you. We should be investing in the next generation and constantly thinking about it all the time. How can I pour into this person? How can I build this person? How can I see their life change? And, you know, when I look back at legacy within my ministry and, and what God's done, it's been about all the people that have stood beside me and walked with me and all the people that God's allowed me just to speak into. And now they're out there just crushing it, you know, doing amazing things. And so uh, those are probably the three things. All right. So then I've got two final questions. Some people find them hard. Some people don't. So first of all, when this is all over and you, you've gone with the wind, what would be the one thing you hope people remember you by? I hope people will remember the investment in the lives of people that I chased after what God chases after, not, not what man chases after, because that only goes so far, you know, and I would just say this, you know, I, I, I being at Lakewood and, and, and being around pastor that's well known, I, I see a lot of people that are just so excited to meet him and would trip. And that's, it's fantastic. There's nothing wrong with that. But would they be just as excited to meet the bum coming off the street and helping him? And that's what I want people to know that um, no matter what your socioeconomic background, I just want to help. I just want to make your life hopefully better. Awesome. And then the second question is, what's the one piece of advice you would leave to the world? I think the one thing that I want them to remember is that I have come to see God's definition of promotion 
A promotion is not a move up a ladder. It's a move toward your call. Don't let someone promote you out of your call because it's going to look different. And when we look at business and everything's like that, we think if I'm here and I do this and this and this, I'm going to get here. Right. But with God, sometimes, you know, he'll ask you to do the opposite and it won't make sense. It won't be logical. It'll certainly not make business sense. Right. And when he asks you to do that, and you feel it deep down, do it because he will take that and take you to places you never dream. And the example of that is I was a senior pastor in Washington, D.C., and God told me to begin to reach out to kids and families because the family was broken. And because I did that, um, I went back to California, resigned from my church, went back to California, and I started helping rebuild children's ministries. We say, what's important about that? Well, nobody goes from senior pastor to children's mm -hmm. ministry. You never see that. But because I did that, I connect with a great church there. I became the children's pastor. I'd never been a children's pastor in my life. But that was a great thing. I didn't respond like a children's pastor. Right. Yeah. I looked at things like a pastor and it helped revolutionize children's ministry. And about three years later, I got a call from Lakewood Church and they were going into the compact center and they needed a children family pastor to help them go into it. I would have never gone to Lakewood if I would let somebody else dictate my call. Awesome. Craig is an awesome guy, obviously. To be able to do what he's done takes real leadership skill. It takes just real experience. He obviously has brought things there that are from a toolbox in a previous life. I think he said he's written a book on leadership back in 2010. And that's clearly evident in the way that he approached, you know, finding the experts, going to lean on people who knew what they needed to know and he didn't know, you know, building and scaling that team, things that we as entrepreneurs have to, you know, figure out and deal with every day, every week, every month as we try and build the businesses that we're working on. Yeah, what came across for me was um, the perseverance that he's had to display through building this, through his own experience having a special needs child, the faithfulness, the yeah. the like go-getting attitude, the never quit. Yeah, if you want to learn more uh, about Craig's story, head over to championsclub.org and you can read everything you need to read there. We're going to put some links in the comments below or actually we're going to put them in the show notes. Let me get my words right so that you can find out more there. What's your takeaway? You know, what? I think my biggest takeaway, I really liked what he said about leave it better than you found yes. it. That's such a useful piece of advice in yeah. every area of life, whether it's your professional life, whether it's at home, whether it's with the remote control on the couch, leave it better than you found it. It's so profound, right? And so deep, yet so simple. I think that's the one thing I'm going to take away from this. Well, until next time, uh, you can find us on Instagram and uh, Facebook at Real Mike Thacker. You can go to LinkedIn if you really want. Obviously, MikeThacker.com or BeAmazingWithMike.com. Sign up for the newsletter. I'd love to see your name. Join the list. Don't forget, we're giving away five copies of the book. So we're going to pick people randomly from the email list and also from social media. Go ahead and make some comments below. Let us know you want a free book or just let us know we're awesome. That's okay too. We like nice words. And until next time, I guess let's go out there and be amazing. Be amazing. amazing.